0: 1 chapter 2 of clara Vaughn, volume 1 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by lynn thompson clara Vaughn, volume 1 by r d blackmore book 1 chapter 2 How That deed was done. I learned at once and will tell by whom and why it was done. I have given my life to learn The evidence laid before the coroner was a cloud of fog and mystery For days and days my mother lay insensible Then for weeks and weeks she would leap from her bed in fits of terror stare and shriek and faint As for the servants they knew very little but imagined a great deal The only other witnesses were a medical man a shoemaker and two London policemen The servant said that between one and two in the morning a clear wild shriek rang through the house large as the building was this shriek unrepeated awoke nearly all but me Rushing anyhow forth they hurried and huddled together at the head of the great staircase Doubting what to do some said the cry came one way, some another. Meanwhile, Anne Maples, who slept with me in an inner room at the end of a little passage, in the courage of terror, went straight to her master and mistress. There, by the light of a dim night lamp used to visit me, she saw my mother upright in bed and pointing towards my father's breast. My father lay quite still. The bedclothes were smooth upon him. My mother did not speak. Anne Maples took the lamp and looked in her master's face. His eyes were open, wide open, as in amazement, but the surprise was death. One arm was stiff around his wife; the other lax upon the pillow. As she described it in West Country phrase, he looked all fro. The woman rushed from the room and screamed along the passage. The servants ran to her flurried and haggard each afraid to be left behind None except the butler dared to enter Whispering and trembling they peered in after him all ready to run away Thomas Kenwood loved his master dearly being his foster brother He at once removed the bedclothes and found the fatal wound So strongly and truly was it dealt that it pierced the center of my dear father's heart one spot of blood and a small three-cornered hole was all that could be seen the surgeon who came soon after Said that the weapon must have been a very keen and fine-tempered dagger probably of foreign make The murderer must have been quite cool and well acquainted with the human frame Death followed the blow on an instant without a motion or a groan in my mother's left hand strongly clutched was a lock of long Black shining hair. A curl very like it, but rather finer, lay on my father's bosom. In the room were no signs of disorder, no marks of forcible entrance. One of the maids, a timid young thing, declared that soon after the stable clock struck twelve she had heard the front balusters creak, but as she was known to hear this every night, little importance was attached to it the coroner paid more attention to the page a sharp youth from london who being first in the main corridor after the cry saw or thought he saw a moving figure where the faint starlight came in at the oriel window he was the more believed because he owned that he durst not follow it but no way of escape could be discovered there and the eastern window was strongly barred betwixt the mullions, no door No window was anywhere found open Outside the house the only trace was at one remarkable spot The time had been chosen well It was a hard black frost without as yet any snow The ground was like iron and an Indian could have spied no trail But at this one spot 25 yards from the east end of the house and on the verge of a dense shrubbery a small spring scarcely visible Oozed among the moss around its very head it cleared and kept a narrow space quite free from green and here its margin was a thin coat of black mineral mud which never froze this space at the broadest was but two feet and ten inches across from gravel to turf yet now it held two distinct footprints not of someone crossing and recrossing but of two successive steps leading from the house into the shrubbery these footprints were remarkable the one nearest the house was of the left foot the other of the right each was the impression of a long light and pointed boot very hollow at the instep but they differed in this the left footprint was plain and smooth without mark of nail or cue or any other roughness while the right one was clearly stamped in the center of the sole with a small rectangular cross This mark seemed to have been made by a cruciform piece of metal or some other hard substance inlaid into the sole at least so said a shoemaker who was employed to examine it and He added that the boots were not those of the present fashion What he called duck being then in vogue? This man being asked to account for the fact of the footprints being so close together did so very easily and with much simplicity It was evident he said that a man of average stature walking rapidly would take nearly twice that distance in every stride But here the verge of the shrubbery and the branches striking him in the face had suddenly curtailed his step and to this most likely and not to any hurry or triumph Was to be ascribed the fact that one so wily and steadfast did not turn back and erase the dangerous tokens Most likely he did not feel what was beneath his feet while he was battling with the tangle above Be that as it may there the marks remained like the blotting paper of his crime Casts of them were taken at once and carefully have they been stored by me the shoemaker a shrewd but talkative man said unasked that he had never seen such boots as had left those marks since the young squire he meant mr Edgar Vaughan, went upon his travels for this gratuitous statement he was strongly rebuked by the coroner for the rest all that could be found out after close inquiry was that a stranger darkly clad had been seen by the gamekeepers in a copse some half mile from the house While the men were beating for woodcocks on the previous day, he did not seem to be following my father, and they thought he had wandered out of the forest road. He glided quickly away before they could see his features, but they knew that he was tall and swarthy. No footprints were found in that ride like those by the shrubbery spring. I need not say what verdict the coroner's jury found. Chapter two.